Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. You know, uh, sorry to hear this, but uh, another uh, another week without uh, any news. It's sad. Yeah, uh, if only. Maybe the yeah. drought will clear sometime. Yeah, I don't. I mean, well, I, I suppose at some point. Hold on, I don't know that we're getting an image on YouTube yet, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, I saw one. Okay, we're good. All right, good. It's just my encoder on my side. That's fine. Um, so as long as we're good and we're up, let me know. Uh, yeah, I rooms. see it. Uh, we're moving. Galore. Excellent. Okay, cool. So uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, and uh, so, Johnny, yeah, how was your week? Because there's really nothing going on in the world. Um, the, I, I mean, My the- week was pretty lovely. I actually did not stream Wednesday and Friday because we've got a lot of renovations going on at the house. Oh, lovely. But- Look at that. But I promise Already, I will be back Monday. He's on the streaming money, and he's just going to turn into a Marxist millionaire like Hamas Abi and uh, Jimmy Dore. And you're just going to build like a giant compound. And Yeah, I'd love man. to be a Marxist millionaire. <laughs> That's it's fun. It's sort of a ha- have your cake and let them eat it, too. Um, <laughs> wow. Was, wow. Uh, that's super tight. And I just thought that's of that. Strong. Anyways. It is. It's strong. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to put, sock that away for later. John is uh, from, uh, in, in high school when he used to hang out. Uh, his response to my best jokes were, that's funny. That's nice. laughing, which, <laughs> which is so me. much better than a laugh. It, it is from from Johnny. Miller. Like it almost freezes the laugh like it. it it's like I cramped his laugh muscle. So, you know, um, yeah, exactly. Well, it's so yeah. funny that. I, <clears throat> yeah. OK. Uh, so, OK. A couple things. Uh, the. Uh, SpaceX and X had a very similar uh, 48 hours um, while they had a successful uh, separation of the launch of the SpaceX rocket last night slash this morning. Uh, it, uh, I guess it blew up right after it got into space. So, uh. you know, half measures. And then much like sort of the overall purchase of Twitter, uh, it, it was I guess it got into the atmosphere, upper atmosphere, separated from actual content that's worthwhile and actually social in its media. And then uh, he retweeted and liked an anti-Semitic post uh, and said Jews are anti-white, which I thought was particularly fascinating as a as I mean, of of all the anti-Semitic crap that's going on on Twitter right now. And it really is quite the corral for that kind of stuff. And it's been there for a long time because let's let's be abundantly clear. Never mind the newly anti-Semitic, what would be equivalent of the far left currently. The QAnon concept was always based on sort of old-fashioned Rothschild's blood libel Jewish stuff, period. It, you dig down deep enough, that's where that's that's where you hit bedrock in QAnon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is elders of Zion nonsense. It's just another it, – it's almost like – Kind of like, you know how the, the Tea Party became MAGA, it became, you know, it, like ever Trumpers and ultra MAGA. They're always sure. trying to tee up the same stupid, unpopular, vile ideas. And, and they just they figure if I slap a new label on it, people won't know that the, the content sucks. Right. If we, if we just, you know, it's you know what it is? It's our branding. It reminds me of that um, awesome kids in the hall sketch. Um, where uh, Kevin, 
No, it was uh, Bruce McCulloch gets into a fight with some guy at a bar and he keeps all this. All you see is him getting beat up and falling backwards. And each thing, it's his next excuse. And my favorite one was I figured it out. It's my belt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Right. He's like he's the little sweet guy, right? Yeah, He is. He's 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 teeny. And he's Um, the one who did the open letter to the guy who stole my bike. Yes, he also is the guy who did uh, Grievo in the Brain Candy movie, which is the spoof of uh, Danzig for all the people who called me Danzig in a dryer when my hair was shoulder length for a while. My hair is far too long for Danzig comparisons. Thank you very much. These days. I don't know. I think it has something to do with your hairline. That's going to happen. I don't yeah. know. I think it's far too fluffy. Anyways, um, that's just the nature of it, I suppose. I'll, Too I'll, I'll fluffy it for Danzig. It's true. That's that's the yep. name of my third autobiography after I finished <laughs> the first two. So, um, but his kind of ongoing, you know, uh, like I don't know, like Elon Musk has this amazing ability to have some loose money around something that could possibly make money, and unless he can get a government contract to keep it afloat, it dies. That's uh, that's effectively what is happening on uh, to X currently. Uh, she, her, I guess I would call it because of uh, you know Xi Jinping's uh, the outsize. I think they're the only advertiser right now. Is like uh, um, like mid uh, mid like mid continent Chinese human trafficking ads and and Timu. That's it. That's what's keeping the whole thing afloat right now because. This week, Microsoft left and others because he liked and retweeted this, uh, not only floating this account that's, you know, base anti-Semitic about this stuff, but also with a little extra, like, dig of also Jews are anti-white, which is, you know, Hmm. fascinating to me. The amount of ignorant, flippant, and habitual thought that has risen to the surface around this, you know, post October 7th and what's been going on ever since um, is uh, I'm, I'm often shocked by how I continue to be shocked by it. Like it's, I don't know how they get even dumber, baser takes, but he managed to find one because the irony is, is that one of the big reasons why the, you know, the ultra far left crowd, um, you know, in theory anyways, and this is the river to the sea crowd sides with the Palestinians over the Jews in Israel is the idea is that Israelis are largely made up of the exodus of European Jews who returned to Israel after World War Two, therefore making them white and the Palestinians brown, even though uh, honest to God, in a lineup, you couldn't tell anybody in that region apart. And I think that's the essence of the future coming together about things might be based on that. It's like, if I don't tell you whose religion this person is, like a game show of, of horror, you know, and yeah. I, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. But that that's the distinction that a lot of the sort of the, the hyper lefties like Hamas Abi and others or whatever is they're making this kind of like white versus brown distinction in an area of the world where everybody's kind of basically the same shades um, across the board. 
Um, don't get me started on Iran. So, um, but they, they view it as this kind of like white European against brown indigenous people. And they're kind of overlaying the, you know, their mythologies and there's kind of constant narratives about Native Americans and the, and the U.S. and slavery and all those kind of things, which are all kind of in a hash of stuff where people will juggle hot takes up until they're tired of arguing and then just forget about it for 10 months at a time. Similar mentality, similar strength and depth of thought is happening around these areas. And then here comes Elon Musk riding in on a horse to just go, no, 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 you got to uh, Jews aren't white, like just literally doing this kind of like weird, you know, or, you know, not even. A, but, yeah. And know. tell me about Santa. Like these are just weird. Well, that, like, uh, yeah, the Santa, the Santa thing is a, uh, a, a Northern European pagan character that was usurped by uh, Catholic bishops in in the sort of Germanic uh, area. So, White Santa doesn't bother me at all because that's where he came from. It's kind of like the White Little Mermaid. It's a Denmark. Uh, it's the Hans Christian Andersen uh, story that happened in Denmark. If people were going down and like, we love this African story. We just think there should be a Swedish kid in the role. <laughs> It'd be like, OK, what's going on? Right. You know what I mean? Like so that I feel like that's a lot of much of do about nothing. But the uh, but in uh, but in all honesty, like it's amazing that. In a sea of dumb takes, just tidal waves of dumb takes back and forth, Elon mm-hmm. Musk manages to find the worst timing and the worst take in it that just shuffles the whole thing entirely. Like, And for all those people like myself who believe for a while that he's effectively a chaos agent – for the, the Chinese and the Russians, where, you know, China's where he builds his batteries and Russia's where he gets the aluminum for his cars. And so he's been playing footsie with these guys for a very long time while casting aspersions on on Biden, which is hilarious as being sort of owned at the same time. It's just insane. Well, yeah, that's um, that's the do do the bad thing and then say, look at that person doing the bad thing. Right. On top of that, um, this week, uh, yesterday. Um, Everybody's David afraid you're going to hit me in the head, Hal. You know, with your oh, gestures. We're, we're not. It's, yeah. it's okay. I'm, I will pet you. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. All oh, right there. Yeah. So, um, the David DePape, 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 um, DePape, <laughs> the guy who attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer, was found guilty in a court of law. He seems nice, Pepe. though. He seems nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, he, yeah. <laughs> why didn't uh, why in the in the trial why wasn't any of that evidence about it being a um a homosexual tr- tryst come to light? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that brings me to that very point before we take the break, which is Elon Musk insofar as I know, and I don't police Exeter like I uh, used to, has uh in no way walked back his anti-gay insinuations because San Francisco gay and two men and one of them was asleep in his underwear because most guys do when a dude came into his house to kill his wife or, well, officially maim her and kidnap her. And then I don't know uh, what I would wear to, to let somebody in to kill my wife. Like, yeah. would I stop uh, and change? I don't even know what wine to choose. Is it red? Is right. It yeah. Probably What's red. the pairing? Probably red. Anyways, he's not walking. Maybe that capris. Practice. I would probably put on capris. 
That's true. But then there's broken glass around and your lower uh, yeah. eyes. By the way, you're so tall. Yeah, that house shoes kind of become a question. That's right. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide, uh, live streaming on uh, YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, and the thing formerly known as X for some uh, unknown godly reason. We'll be back. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal uh, Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. That's the voice, by the way, of Lady B, who we love dearly. Who we love. And uh, thank you, Leslie, for the super chat. Um, and thanks for liking the stream, everybody, wherever you are. I'm on all these sites. So, so it's hard golly, for him to keep track of all the joy and all the appreciation. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, so a uh, couple of things um, this uh, that went by this week. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about in the second hour, uh, Philip Bittner is going to be joining us from uh, Ukraine, where um, – uh, genuine progress is being made basically under the radar while the world is distracted with the uh, Israeli uh, Hamas war, I would call it. Um, also, curiously enough, the there was a an, an issue in the Ukraine war that, you know, we've dealt with and having Phil on it as a regular part of the show and on my mid midweek stream as well to kind of keep people's attention on it and awareness about it, especially about the human cost and the, uh, and the circumstance there that in doing that um, we've, we've seen the ebb and flow in people's attention about it over time. You know, it's come and gone a few times and, and it will come back around again. I have no fear about that. And a curious thing I think is happening around the Israeli Hamas situation as well. We are in, even though this is ongoing and probably peaking in its activity right now, there is a strange ebb in the coverage of it. And it's, and, and I would some, I don't think it's because of disinterest on the part of, you know, the American public or the world in general. I think it's because of the complexity of the issue and, the 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 hot take one noters had their heyday right when it happened, right after right after Israel launched its uh, assault on the northern. Oh, they made Gaza up their Germany. mind and made a proclamation. Yeah, and then that was that. Then it was over. Like they they basically that either they faced a backlash of their own or they just didn't they they dug uh, a well and there was no water or oil at the bottom of it. And so they just moved on effectively and started going back to whatever they were talking about. And I would argue that this is what the, the people of Sudan and Darfur have been, have been experiencing the entire time. Yeah. I brought up Darfur this week on my live stream for the first time because I've been following it for a while now, since April, May, it has gotten increasingly bad and it is it is spiking in its horror to a number that's approaching the last genocide that happened there, um, and which was during the Bush administration. So it's no surprise that people were kind of gazing the other direction. Um, and it, uh, my concern is that the world will be so distracted by the fear of the argument around these kind of conflicts that no aid, no UN peacekeepers or anything will even be an option. 
because of the language about, you know, colonization and and uh, all that stuff that comes up that basically neuters the conversation going into it. And and it's like Rwanda, um, which I think, you know, Clinton said was the biggest failure of his presidency was because everybody was so in reaction to the first Gulf War and the and the weird kind of just. I guess uh, George H.W. Bush reacting to being called the wimp by going into, you know, into Kuwait and Iraq and all that kind of stuff, starting that idea, that that theory around that idea. And the and the and sort of the leftover stuff from Vietnam that has pervaded the the conversation about war and peace and America's place in the world and those things has neutered those attempts even to be involved in U.N. peacekeeping efforts unless it's just under the radar. That's where Americans find out that we have troops in Nigeria and other places as far as you uh, as part of our own efforts there, you know, anti-terrorism, what have you, or as parts of uh, U.N. peacekeeping forces. The only way it works is if we don't talk about it. And that's a shame because that's the stuff that's doing some good, saving some lives. And you don't hear about it. You only hear about it when somebody tries to do it in an area where people, uh, you know, have an argument that has nothing to do with the detail. It's very sad. And again, it has a lot to do with this, like these single minded hot take folks that jump right out of the box like a moron jack in the box as soon as something like this happens. And then they basically retreat after they either can't make money off of it anymore, meaning that their viewers are turned off by the idea or they uh, or they've gotten so many you know, backlash from their own viewers or listeners or what have you on radio, wherever it, it, it is, that they just ignore it and move on as if it never happened. And that's that's the difficulty in a situation where um, you have what I would call murder by half measures, which is a lot of what Israel is dealing with in their back and forth with Hamas, because the their, the international community and rightfully so has put limits on uh, the behavior of Israel for the especially the last decade. And there's been a lot of attention paid to that side of the conflict with no similar uh, leashes being put uh, on the behavior of the other side in that regard. The assumption right. that, well, I mean, you're just going to, you're just going to kill people because that's what you do or whatever, which is again, this sort of uh, low res uh, racism that happens in the conversations about these things where like this group is obviously well to do and can control themselves. This group, well, what do you expect? They're caged animals. That's how animals act, even though there are plenty of, uh, you know, examples of those very uh. same people coming to the table, even when they're on the back foot um, and maybe have a reason to be vengeful and, and approaching peace because they are complete human beings. Um, that's uh, uh, that. So it, yeah, I'm, sense, I am relatively confident that most of them are human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad mm-hmm. part about all of this. Well, it's an 80 20 rule, my friend. Usually that's the thing. So in, in any, you know, you got about 20 percent of uh, any group of large people have some varying degree of uh, unethical behavior. Some of it you can write off as mental illness or the inability to, you know, sort of uh, people on the spectrum and Asperger's and stuff that are incapable of acting normally amongst other people. So they have limitations on them that you have to be aware of. And this is, that's a whole separate pocket. But then there's a big window of people. And this is the part that I think we talk the least about who find a way to get their personal needs met 
through being awful. They're not the victims of uh, abuse and a cycle of abuse and this idea of the cycle of, of abuse is the only way people come to violence is absolutely false. And uh, and there is a window of human beings that cause the most trouble in the world that are that do not come from a cycle of abuse, do not come you know, from anything but their own version of privilege amongst their own people. You know, look, uh, I would argue, look at any m- mad emperor in history and the people that surround them that torture and destroy the the citizens or the countrymen of their own uh, you know, tribe or what have you that experienced zero negative upbringing. As a matter of fact, uh, they, they basically had smoke blown up their the most abuse they ever experienced was smoke being blown up their keister at, on the regular. And I would include in that. Kind of on the on the sort of cartoon version, you know how you know when there's a like a movie that comes out, it's a little too sexy and a little too violent for television. So they make a TV series that's kind of like a wink and a nod to it. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. They don't. It's not you know. It's not like the Equalizer movies versus the Equalizer TV show or something. I literally mean like they'll come up with a knockoff version that they put on that's kind of the watered down version of whatever that idea is. Right. Well, Donald Trump is effectively like the, you know, the Kool-Aid of Pol Pot wine. He is, you know, he he is the uh, the cheap Trump stakes substitute for these kind of dictators in the world. He fancies himself one, but he's sort of a cartoon of their silliest aspects. Like if you were if you're going to make a South Park character out of Vladimir Putin, it would basically be a, a, a Donald Trump. You know what I mean? Like it would just, it, it, he would, he would stand there while Lee Greenwood, instead of like while flight of the Valkyries is playing, just stand there and march back and forth like Mussolini on the stage until he was ready to speak and then start his angry rhetoric where he's like, we must the vermin of the, you know, and our people, right. You know, yeah. but instead of that, it's, um, standing there through the second chorus and then the breakdown and swelling ending of uh, uh, the Lee Greenwood song while sweating and looking confused and not really knowing what to do. So occasionally pointing at someone in the crowd going, Hey, how you doing? Anyway, sorry. You, you, what's going on back to Mussolini, you know, where he holds his chin up to try and hide the weird, uh, I don't know where he puts his ID in the middle of his neck, but he is effectively, you know, for all the parallels, apparently there was a bristle. Thank you, Hal Vickery, by the way, for the super chat. For all the parallels. All right. we got so, since there's a, a bit of a, a hesitation there, the I've had a really bad oh. stiff neck all week. And mm-hmm. you know how you, you like when you fold towels and sheets and stuff, you like, yeah, you, yes. you catch it under your chin. Can't when do I don't have that hand available, which is under my chin, I'm like, yeah. oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, how no. Do you, how do you how, fold a sheet? How do you fold the towel now? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, uh, welcome to my uh, my uh, world, because I'm just getting out of that stiff neck thing that apparently I think it's a virus that's going on. We'll talk about that. I thought about you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the Health Park Radio program, Mega Worldwide, now with 100% more Johnny Million. Uh, it's me. He's <clears throat> twitch.tv and youtube.com slash it's 
Johnny Million for his music streams because you can't, it can't rain all the time. We'll be back. You're locked into the House Sparks radio program. Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. So, um, when I was, the point I was trying to make about uh, sort of the cartoon version of a real dictator that Donald Trump is, is both to um, get people to relax a little bit in their response to him so that they're not, you know, horrified by his obvious baiting by saying things like vermin and that kind of stuff, which is obviously uh, meant to trigger liberal outrage. You know, that's that the owning the libs crowd that still, you know, thinks it's, uh, you know, 2014 in his mind. Um, instead of falling for that, you can look at him for what he truly is, which is a, 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 a crazy old man on a hard fade who was never what he said he was and now is realizing in a panic that everyone is finding out. And if you look at him from that direction, then you can actually do something about the guy. If you actually, it's kind of, you know, Donald Trump is the first troll president. And if you take him seriously, you buy into the exact same thing that trolls try to get you to do, which is to get baited into conversing with them as if they actually mean what they're saying. When in reality, they're just trying to get a rise and they get points for getting a rise out of you. And Donald Trump right now, his with his crowd, what they think is worthwhile, what they view as political success um, because they have so many political failures on them in the material world. Their imaginary version of reality is where Donald Trump owns the libs by making them freak out. And so when they don't freak out, that scares the, the living daylights out of them. They don't understand why people aren't why people are laughing at Donald Trump. You know, when he says things like vermin and people react and know, obviously, that that's where that came from, that. Stephen Miller or or Bannon or somebody in his circle. So he is um, reading that. So somebody yeah. intentionally put that together for him to read. That's right. They punted that in his direction and said, say this, this will really freak him out. He has no context of the history of, uh, you know, Hitler using uh, the, the no, German he doesn't word know. For he doesn't care. And, it, and all he knows is that the right people get angry if he does it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds tough. Yes, it does. And so if you can undermine that by, um, you know, by a not taking it as seriously as they want or or um, or I, I've I've ta- a lot of people have used a lot of different Hitler references um, with him over the years. I kind of like Quitler right now. Um, oh, I like because, that. Because he's going to at some point tap out. He tried to s- strike a deal. With uh, in the New York case, it's it's noted earlier this week that they floated, you know, some sort of a deal they were trying to get. The problem is there's nothing in it for New York City. There is nothing in it for the D.A. to to let him get away with it or to make a deal with him. There's no upside there. You know, the the only reason they make these kind of deals with corporations that are engaged in the kind of stuff that Donald Trump is engaged in in New York City and and in the state and as just a generalized fraud, Atlantic City, uh, everywhere he sets up shop. The only value 
for a city to let them walk on this or give them a slap on the wrist. If there's if there's so much integrated aspect of them in the economy that to dis, that to pull them out, it's like a it's like a tumor that isn't growing. And so, you you know, you just kind of leave parts of it in the surgery and go, if we try to take it out, it might cause a heart attack or it might spread if we. So let's just we'll take the small part out, you know, in the middle and hope that for the best. Um, but in general, like there is nobody can figure out what benefits New York with the presence of Donald Trump at all. Yeah. Not, I, I don't mean just now, but even for decades, all he's done, apparently, according to what we've seen is um, lie his way into loans he didn't deserve. And those are loans that other companies, other investors, other realtors, other, you know, uh, investment groups didn't get because that money went to him. He got dibs on buildings. He should not have even been allowed to be in the process to purchase because of these lies. And so somebody else. And George Santos is kind of like a sped up version of that whole thing. Yes, absolutely. He's the natural extension of that. Uh, I mean, Santos is the perfect running mate for him because he's kind of, he's like the quickening version of Donald Trump. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, how Trump's always saying we could do it 24 hours. We could fix it so fast and make your head spin. We could just get it so quickly. We could have done it in two weeks, it's a, in yeah. a week, in a day. We could have get it done. I could get that done in 24 hours. That's exactly what's what George Santos is doing. He's just yeah. kind of doing, doing a faster version of it. Now, there is a flaw with that johnny million there's a flaw in that thing what? that it okay, didn't work that didn't work long term and he ended up in court thank you petrazio petrazzi 20 um <laughs> i can't tell if they want the two to be a d <laughs> right also every single time i get like somebody coming on the stream and i'm trying to thank them by name and, and i cannot stop trying to pronounce their crazy user handle their full name yeah yeah Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, that was it. We'll talk about this in a minute. But uh, that was the big dunk um, on Biden that the right wing was trying to do is that uh, Biden was talking to these tech executives and he had trouble pronouncing one of their fake half word names. You know what I mean? Where they, you know, like Entratico or whatever, Entrazio, where they where they take two names. Yeah, well, they, it's like a car thing. It's like, yeah, you take something that sounds like a horse, but also has an X or a, an O on the end of it to give it kind of hopefulness or extremity, right? That kind of, and you're like, what is that? What are you doing? What is it? Bless you. So, um, thank you. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the struggle is real. Let's be honest in the world. Of, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in this, um, uh, where were we? Oh, yes. So Trump himself, it, you know, this, Recording this week came out and 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 there was this there was sort of this kerfuffle. I guess the week started in many ways with this kerfuffle about the uh, Jenna Ellis and um, Oshu DePaul. Um, and I think that those are the only two. There was a third one as well. I think che- che- was it Cheesebro. I didn't see any of the footage of Cheesebros, but apparently segments of their um, their proffers were leaked by one of the attorneys of one of Trump's co-defendants in an attempt to basically do a runaround saying, and he's trying to protect his client by saying, look, the people above him bought this crap. And my guy was taking orders from these folks who were talking on behalf of the president. And they thought they were talking on behalf of the president. Therefore, which is, it's not going to work, but 
because I, because Google, I look it up. If you're like, I don't know, you know, this guy's asked me to do something illegal. Let me take a look. Let me go on, you know, uh, a, a, like one of these, like, uh, like the WebMD version of law and go, is, is this basically illegal? Go into a Reddit about constitutional law and see what happens. Anyways, he, he releases his stuff. The whole story in the beginning of the week is Democrat, Democrats release this to, you know, to attack Trump and attack Trump and Trumpy attack and attack Trump. And then it comes out that it was actually one of his co-defendants lawyers who admits it in a live stream. It's a similar moment to the whole like the Pat Pelosi thing where they're like they have this whole mythology that points the finger at Democrats. And this was all a big scheme and yada, yada. And then it just turns out to be what it says on the tin, as they say in England. It's just exactly that thing. It's not there's no mystery. Lunatic breaks into house attending to break the kneecaps of the Speaker of the House in San Francisco. Her husband's the only person home, holds the guy hostage for a while. Cops show up. He tries to kill him. End of story. That's what happened. That was what was on tape. That was what was reported. That's what happened in court. That's the guy going away. End of story. Same thing with this whole thing. Democrats leaked the tape to make Trump look bad. Look, we don't need any help doing that. I got to tell you, I've, I've watched his late, his recent rallies. He's a mess. He's he's in he's in bad shape. There was an article, and we'll, uh, I'll, uh, I think I'll, I'll bring it up after. I'll see if I can find it so we can bring it up after the break. But um, somebody wrote an opinion piece, um, I think it was in the Post, that was like, a, you know, a Repu- one of these like Republican opinion pieces where people who had hung with him for a lot longer than they should have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Where they're like, I don't, I don't know. I thought he was, uh, well, there's a, there's a whole thing about a thing, and he should, you know, he should be, I hope, uh, you know, I like his policies, but, you know, there's a, he's got a lot of rough edges and that's part of, like one of those folks writes this thing going. I, he seems crazier than usual. Like I've seen him say some crazy stuff, but this looks like dementia to me. This looks like the angry yeah. outbursts of someone with Alzheimer's who is frustrated by their inability to think and is starting to panic. And that panic is showing up as violence. And, yeah. you know, there that that storyline, which is that's like know, a toddler who's who uh, isn't verbal. Yeah. And they, so they just get angry because they can't communicate. Right. Exactly. That's why. And, and that's, by the way, why you give them a lot of slack. Yeah. Can't, they can't actually speak. So they I, I give uh, babies and toddlers a lot of room You sure. know, because they can't articulate. If you can't articulate your needs. Yikes. Now, the weird part is. Is that effectively that that sundowning idea, you know, is that that everybody shows, you know, uh, talks about Biden's age wantonly. But as uh, Indiana Jones said, it's not the years, it's the mileage. And yeah. Trump has a lot of miles on him. Um, it's clear that it's all and it's all it's kind of like the collapse of the Russian Empire. <laughs> it Nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And then it all happens at once. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's Greg here. Thank you. Um, welcome back to the show. So uh, here's a here's a little snippet of this. is uh, John and Carl did an interview with uh, Donald Trump for his book and recorded him saying a bunch of stuff that Trump now says he didn't say. 
And part of it was that he he says that he could have stopped the January 6th insurrection, but he just didn't. But if you look at the real size of that crowd, it was never reported correctly. There were it's the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of by far. Really? By far. That went down to the Washington. That went back to the Washington Monument. Yes. By the way, the crowds are now defined by the blur of his vision. Um, <laughs> you told them you were going to go up to the Capitol. Were you just? I was, no, I was going to. And the Secret Service said you can't. And then by the time I would have. And then when I got back, I saw I wanted to go back. I was thinking about going back during the problem to stop the problem, doing it myself. Secret Service didn't like that idea too much. No, yeah, that's what it was. So, so what, I could so, have done that. And you know what? I would have been very well received. Don't forget, the people that went to Washington that day, in my opinion, they went in your opinion. because they thought the election was rigged. That's mm, why they Right. Um, why? Yeah. Why did they think First that? First of all. First of all, it wasn't. Secondly, of course they thought that. That's all you talk about. Secondly, does this idiot actually want us to believe that if he'd have gone down to that in front of that crowd and told everyone to stop and go home, yeah, that they wouldn't have gone? It's a fake double. They've the. The, the FBI and the DOJ and the deep state have a, a robot Donald Trump. Get it. Like they yep. would have absolutely attacked him if he'd have told them to go home. That's why the January. That's, a, that's why the Secret Service said no. I'm sure they believe that those were his supporters, but I don't think they I think they were like, are are you insane? These people will tear you to pieces. They're yeah. ready to hang Mike Pence for crying out loud. What do you think yep. they're going to do to you if you because they again, this is at the height in some ways. Of the of sort of the QAnon fervor, trust the plan was being played. Mike uh, Flynn was posting this stuff all the time, and in this, he's built up a crowd of these QAnon type supporters who think this is the day, and they are willing to commit violence in his name. And then somebody who looks like him shows up in a black SUV. And and what? What are you going to do? Lean out of the window with a megaphone and tell him to go home? Stand on the steps and, and go, can you dig it? Like, yeah, I think the one lesson we learned from Cyrus was that he was the one and only until he, uh, you know, crashed through the jungle gym. Um, the, uh, the absolute inability of this dude to think clearly about something so serious that was happening for real that you can tell that most of Donald Trump's life has happened through a television set. Yeah. With his either belief about himself on one side of it or his seeing the rest of the world through the other side of it. I mean, uh, the only time you ever hear him talk about the view from someplace as far as nature goes is when he's complaining about windmills, which, by the way, Look kind of cool. Can I just say, like, I, I don't know how. I love a whole bunch of windmills. They look so great. Yeah, they look really cool. And the idea that Scotland was going to put a bunch of windmills off the coast and that it was going to somehow ruin the view is of his golf course, which was already losing money. And he had to force the, the U.S. military to make stops there just to fund the damn thing and keep it afloat. Mm-hmm. That. That somehow that makes it uh, – there are these giant white spinning 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't, honest to God, that's one of the biggest hangups besides the, they give birds cancer or whatever, their bird graveyards and all that kind of stuff. Cause they don't move that fast. They're not, they're not like giant, you know, room fans without a shield around them, you know, like the, like the one in, uh, an airplane that gets hit with excrement. The, they, they, they're fairly slow moving. <laughs> so the idea that they're just chopping birds to pieces or the birds can't, you know, like these daredevil birds are like, I can make it. Don't do it, Sam. Don't do it. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, uh, I, like, there are, there's a lot of stuff that he says that's just garbage. There's a lot of stuff that he says that's just made up. But some of it is so off kilter. You, you don't, it's hard to even, Imagine where he got it from. Yeah, they're blenders yeah. in the sky. Brought to you by Bird Ninja. Mount, mount, mount. I don't know why. If that's the case, why doesn't Mike Pillow just open up a factory right below? It's like all the free down you could ask for. And a Chick-fil-A, because Jesus is giving you all these free birds to cook up. Um, yeah. Oh, and then, oh, yes. Thank you, Robert, uh, Lizzie in the, uh, Lizzie in the chat room says whale insanity. Yeah. They're driving the whales insane was the right, other one. Yeah. That allegedly they're beaching because that they don't know. Okay. You know, it's they not- won't tell you this, but it's killing the whales. So many whales. So many whales. And I used to make fun of people who were trying to save the whales. And now it seems useful. Um, but it, it, it's not, you know, Sonar tests underneath the water or seismic explosions from oil wells and the like that are throwing the whales sonar off and driving them in a direction where they're not beaching themselves because they're crazy. It's because their their navigation is completely thrown off by this stuff. It's not that couldn't possibly be. It has to be squeaky windmills making high pitched sounds that under the water sound like mama to a whale that's 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 really it that's it's a grown man running for office and meanwhile uh biden mispronounces a tech firm's name which is silly to start with and everybody's like i don't know if he could make it i don't know about this whole thing he he manages that xi jinping comes for the apec summit this week Biden and Blinken walk through dozens of deals with all these South China Sea countries, Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, um, like like this entire area. China comes hat in hand, walks away with nothing. And what's the sales pitch from the Republicans? Beijing Biden is owned by the Chinese. Well, I then apparently the Chinese are like, we can't destroy our economy and our trade and our, uh, you know, our inner, like, I guess our domestic environment by ourselves. We need help. We need, we need to. I make got sure you. Biden, yeah, we need to make sure Biden gets in office so he can destroy our economy. We can't do this alone because that's what's happening. If somehow China was having a heyday and, and America had the highest inflation of any industrialized country, goods cost too much or, or cheap goods were flooding the market and American, uh, you know, manufacturers and others couldn't get their stuff to market because they were being undercut like crazy. It, that would be a story. That would be 
an actual story. It would it would it would affect unemployment figures. Uh, companies' profits would be down. The stock market would have crashed by about five thousand points. You'd notice. Yeah. The exact opposite of what Donald Trump, and this is true of a lot of things like uh, it, uh, about Trump, but the exact opposite of what he said is actually happening. Let's just, you know, this is uh, I, this is on the premise that I'm going to s- stick to that nobody seems to answer. How did the wall make the border worse? Go for it. Thank you, yeah. Jesse, um, for that uh, super chat. That's lovely. Um, and by the way, you can support the show through Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash House Sparks um, and Super Chats and stars on Facebook as well. Bits and cheers and stuff on Twitch if that's your poison. And then, of course, if you're on Twitter, I'd. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to start a subscription service. I have no interest in giving a percentage to Elon Musk. So that just let that's just free there, whatever. So watch on one of the other sites. Go over and just subscribe. Even if you watch it there, go subscribe on YouTube and then and then go back or whatever. But good Lord. Um, By the way, uh, after the next break. We'll be joined by Philip Itner, and we'll be talking about what's going on. He's been back for about a week now. um, And there's a lot going on there. Um, and it's, it's fascinating to me in the face of, um, there, there's this story, I think it was, uh, I want to say it was on uh, raw story where there's a lot of backbiting in the Republican party right now. Surprise, surprise about them somehow dumping Kevin McCarthy for a guy who's doing the exact same thing that, uh, right yeah. now that he's, that he did. And then, uh, Nobody wants to talk to Matt Gates anymore, which I think is a good sign in, in sure. some element. But then on top of that, uh, the, the Freedom Caucus is being boxed out by the majority of Republicans who would rather not be an oblivion party, which is what these guys are calling for. I don't you know, oh, yeah. all their complaints about Antifa throwing you know, uh, Molotov cocktails at, at federal buildings in Portland and stuff like that. These guys are doing the exact same thing, only they can actually wreck it. Like the irony that that their complaints about black block Antifa people throwing, you know, firebombing a federal building, the seat of the DOJ in Portland, when these guys would rather just shut it down the old fashioned way. Yeah. What's the difference? Um, other than, I guess, sprawling arson, still the same criminals getting out on the street, still the same criminals getting away with it, still the same kind of soft on crime Republicanism we see. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the show. Uh, Philip Bittner joining us from Kiev. Uh, Johnny Mendes is still with us. He's going to be farming questions from our, uh, our regulars in the chat room. Um, there's a lot of a lot of it's interesting is um, the movement isn't there except for it seems like just a lemming cliff from the Republican or the Republican. Listen to me. The, the Russian side um, in terms of uh, Avdivka and a couple other places that it's just a lemming cliff. There, there's no 
it's not even like the Ukrainians are trying to move into that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, there were two little points that came up this week in um, in Biden's meeting with uh, with Xi Jinping at the APEC summit. And one of them was <clears throat> bringing up along with Blinken, but specifically Biden to Xi. And this has this has meaning in terms of leader to leader conversations that the that the Chinese don't take their secondary leaders seriously. So they don't think America does either. We actually do ne- work through our negotiators and let them think on their feet. The Chinese don't. So they don't, if Blinken says something, they don't listen. If Biden says it like, oh, okay, that's the real rule. And he said, one of the big hangups that China's going to have to deal with, if they're going to want any negotiating power and trust in the future is their support of Russia in the Ukraine war. They've got to, you know, that that is a sticking point for the U.S. And and that was a big deal. And then right after that, there was this big story on Fox News about how Biden walks out and makes Antony Blinken wince, which was silly because Blinken just was watching. I don't know what the heck. When he called Xi Jinping a dictator again for the second Mm -hmm. time this year. And the weird part about the right wingers were they were all like, how do we make fun of Biden for saying this, the quiet part loud that we agree with? Yeah, that's and that is fundamentally true. The same thing is when he talked about Putin, when he would talk about Putin as a dictator and as, you know, his elections are a farce and he's a a thug in a lot of ways and a murderer. Anytime he brings that stuff up, it's fundamentally true. The only question is, do you dare say it? And, And the only I guess dig is that. Biden does dare say it, you know, he's just actually being honest about it, which is supposedly what they want from these people until they get it. But that that push about China siding with Russia as a direct communication point between the president of the United States and Xi Jinping across that table in that four hour discussion was heard by the Chinese. It was recognized. I would hope hope it was a draw. But not the no. Russia conversation. So uh, no, anyways, I would I would hope so. Welcome. I would hope so, uh, because it's again. I mean, fundamental uh, aside from the issue of the actual war here mm-hmm. and the, the the right for the Ukrainians to have self determination and a future of their own. Right. If you're looking on a global stage, you know this this is a land grab. It's it's annexation yeah. through force of arms. Something right. that we have right. tried to avoid. In the post World War Two world, uh, in the post, you know, in the world before World War Two, this this concept of, you know, if I'm bigger and I have more arms, then I can expand and grab your territory. And right. I know that there are those who are going to say, well, our wars of, you know, our wars of empire and et cetera, and our our adventurism globally. I also have problems with with many of those issues, but we never tried to annex territory, and that's right. a Big, big deal. We never tried to make yeah. Iraq or Afghanistan or Vietnam or Granada, yeah. even uh, the right. 51st state of the United States. Yeah. And, and and it's it's I know that it's like you're making a distinction without a difference. But I it's disagree. I think it makes a huge difference. I think it makes a huge difference. And anybody yeah. who says there isn't one isn't interested in getting rid of that primary uh, you know, issue and the idea of imperialism or colonialism to them is just they're just words at that point, because if what you really mean is that any any action by the people you don't like is is imperialist or colonialist and anybody that acts in that way that you do like isn't. 
it's absurd. The words have no meaning anymore. They have no meaning anymore. And so in this particular instance, like imperialism means moving into the area with your troops and your stuff and filling it with your people and your businesses and your military. And nobody can operate without your mark, the the mark of the beast, whatever that beast is. None of that. And you you install a governor and you install the government. Uh, and, and I mean, like not a proxy government, but like a guy who answers to the capital to you. of the yes. imperial power. Yeah, right? like a bishop you know, to the pope. We don't do that. Like, yeah, yeah not even that. not even footsie or help him get elected. You actually, you know, implant it. That's imperialism. That's specific. I was it, no huge, has I was no huge yeah. fan of Bremer, for example, in right. Iraq. Um, but Bremer right. wasn't a, a governor. He was, uh, you know, he was in charge of a transitional government. Right. Between the period of Saddam and then an Iraqi elected government, but he was he was uh, it was a, a place you know seat, a seat holder basically. We didn't yeah. install like they did it, the, the Brits did in India, or you know take right. a pick with the French, you know, or yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's yeah. a big deal, and so the, I the, I like that the message was delivered to the Chinese that you can't just take stuff. You yeah. can't just yeah. move in and go, well, this is China now. Well, China you – know? and uh, well, interestingly enough, China has had a real problem. Like they're in a conundrum with this Ukraine war because it does not match with their – you know, on the, on the one hand, they want to do that with Taiwan. But they also want – they want to claim Ukraine was a, you know, a sovereign nation when this happened. And so Russia acting on the sovereignty of another country – it's very different from their perception that Taiwan is theirs and that the rest of the world is sort of with this one China policy, which has everything to do with culture and nothing to do with politics, by the way. That's the weird part about this is that when the West talks about one China policy, it means that most of the people in Taiwan aren't Tagalog, aren't, you know, Formosa holdovers. They are very specifically Chinese people. The vast majority of people there speak Chinese. They speak Mandarin with their own Taiwanese dialect. You know, my, you know, a, a radio version of Mandarin, but the, but the, the vast majority of them are Chinese. The culture's Chinese, the behavior's Chinese, the ideology's Chinese, and it's actually more Chinese, I would argue, than what's actually going on in mainland China right now. Ukraine is not the same situation. Ukraine's had its own border and its own government, and and Russia recognized it as another country multiple times since the dissolution. That makes it wholly different than this whole Taiwan idea. And that's the conundrum they're in. On the one hand, they like the idea that Russia wants to seize back what the world doesn't recognize as its own territory. And that's more of a a cultural, semi-political idea. On the other hand, it's a sovereign nation recognized by the rest of the world. And if the rest of the world can dump arms into what's effectively, you know, somebody who calls themselves a sovereign nation all of a sudden, that doesn't bode well for their attack on Taiwan in the future because the reaction will be the exact fucking – oh, I said the bad word. Sorry. Long road. I got <laughs> hey. the streamer mode. Look at that. Hey, now. Funking, funking is what I said. But uh, I, ba- I bailed out, but uh, we'll be back in a second. Um, it, it finds it, it makes me angry uh, when we talk about China. Um, it bails them out uh, you know, of that situation. Went straight to commercial. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> in a second. Yeah, yeah, I did it in my I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. 
this is the house bar show. And a guitar note, and then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And a guitar note, and then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. Welcome back. Uh, of course, uh, uh, this hour brought to you by America Fest 2023 with guest speakers like Steve Bannon, Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Gardner, uh, Josh Hawley, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene, Mike Pillow, Matt Gates, Alina Haba, Corey Mills, and other people who have nothing I better have a, to I, do. I have a friend who is a fellow kind of Ukraine war watcher. Who yeah. posted that today and was like, this is literally my like fever dream. This is yeah. my nightmare fever dream. Mm. <laughs> oh, this would be the worst. I got, I, some I, terrible I, people on that. On it's that, uh, December on that. Eight, uh, 16th oh through the 19th. If I'm not busy, I might have to set up a booth Ooh, there and, and, and live stream from there. I mean, why why not at this point? I mean, everybody, I mean, I can, everybody reprehensible is is there. I don't I can't think of anybody. Uh is is uh, uh is what's his name Ben uh uh little Shapiro on the list? No, no, and I'll tell you why. Because almost everybody on this, because he's not a he's he's not pro Trump. Effectively, mm-hmm. he's not a he's he's not a not pro Trump. Never Trump. What's the other? What's the other is? He's Jewish. <laughs> he's of the tribe. Yeah, he's of the tribe, which are and, on the uh, outs. With but, uh, you're right, and Candace Owens will right be now. there. And that was a big dust up this week between them. It's interesting. Again, we were talking about we we're talking about like garbage hot takes from that, uh, you know, uh, around the Israeli Palestinian uh, debacle that's cur- currently going on. And uh, th- we almost forget how how many bad takes came from that crowd or continue to come from Ukraine. I mean, Chip Roy was effectively ready to scuttle the American economy simply to stop Ukraine funding. That is extraordinary like the and again for on on let, let's be honest on a on a budgetary level in terms of the military the aid we have sent to ukraine is a pittance drop in the it is drop nothing in the and drop it's not even the in the form of cash it's in the form of the stuff we haven't used yet like 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 this idea that bullets if you don't use them go bad like milk after a certain while and that, public school vouchers years. what are they going to do with oh. those Right. And on the other side of the equation, we're getting reports now that all the all the DPRK, the North Korean munitions that everybody right. got really, really right. scared about about two weeks ago, yeah. uh, give or take, um, some of them have started arriving. And we're starting to already hear from the Russian side of social media that they're duds. They're either they're yes. either duds mm-hmm. they're, they're either duds or this is even worse when they're used. They explode in yeah. the artillery piece, killing the oh, arti- no. artillery crew. So the right. artillery crew loads a, a, a shell given to them from North Korea, and instead of it firing a projectile, it blows up and kills the artillery crew. Yeah, because yes. I've fired an artillery piece before. You can't. Ooh. I mean, you can, but you really got to be kind of on. You got to be at the weapon. You have to be at the weapon yes. system yeah. to fire it. You can have a long lanyard, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But that's going to cut down your firing time significantly. Yep. It's just yep. 
all around is bad. So all this fear of like, oh my goodness, the Koreans are about to uh, to to get like two million shells. Phil, yeah, they're they're yeah they're they're icky shells. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm minding my P and Qs. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's no it's no surprise. <laughs> All right. It's it, it's no surprise <laughs> that they aren't that good because again, I don't yeah. know the motivation Why would they be? of the They've workers to make it. Yeah, you're not making it for the you know for the grand leader and the country. You're this is for sale. So you know. Well, the gonna, whole idea, the whole the whole military doctrine of the DPRK is that mm-hmm. if there is a war on the peninsula, because I've covered Korea, I've, co- I've, I've covered Korea for. Years. I've been there many, many mm-hmm. times. And the peninsula is a fascinating story for me as a, as a journalist. Um, but the, 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 the strategic plan for the DPRK is in the initial stages of any kind of fight between North and South on the peninsula. Their idea is to, because Seoul is actually really, really close to the border, is to just flood it with artillery. And this has been their doctrine for decades and decades. So they have this massive stockpile of these shells, which is why the Russians went to them and said, you got all these shells sitting around in case of a peninsular war. It ain't going to happen. Give it to us. And the North Koreans said, well, you're basically one of our only friends in the world. So here, have them. But they've been sitting in warehouses for Decades and decades. Some right. Of these things. Well, it's like the trucks that the Russians are using on the on the front line with, you know, or the ones they try to get out of there that where the tires have all gone flat because they weren't serviced over time. It's one of the mm. reasons why you got to whenever they talk about like, um, you know, saluting both veterans and uh, current service people and thanking people for their service uh, included in that is the motor pool and the administrative folks because they're the ones that make sure that when you have, when you fire off a mortar, it actually works and doesn't kill you. And, and that is the part that apparently a bunch of these other companies, I mean, countries that think their soldiers are expendable to start with um, also don't backfill with all the support staff that you would need to make sure that when you get something, it works. Um, because the idea is that I guess they like the idea of charging rows of guys with bayonets as for because it's macho, I suppose. Well, and the oversight the oversight is far less in these kind of countries where there is just a a a, 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 a vertical uh, power structure. Um, because you know if you're not using them, if they're not necessary, who's going to double check you? Whereas our system. Mm-hmm. We have we have a, a, a more a more you know spread out horizontal command structure. I mean that's just how our 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 systems mm-hmm. are developed. Is is they're more right. horizontal. So you do have like, okay, I'm a sergeant from this unit. You're a sergeant from that unit. I got to make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and and then somebody's going to double check me, and somebody else is going to ch- double check you know. And it's just it's it's far more like there's right. a lot more oversight. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I've seen massive waste within the U.S. military, but it's a lot better when you only right. have uh, an officer corps that like there's one or two guys kind of in this, like it is in the Russian or I uh, presumably in the DPRK, where they don't have to answer to a lot of people on a level with them. They only have to answer to the person above them and command the person below them. That's mm-hmm. how their systems are. And so that is 
far more easy to manipulate and to abuse than a system where you have a, a, over, a lot more oversight, like we do in, in NATO nation, uh, in, right. in their military. Right. So I'm not surprised at all they're, they're getting rubbish shells. Not at all. Well, yeah, and we talked about uh, Texas Paul was on uh, my Friday morning stream. We were talking about how the – Let me see um, Texas Paul. One, yeah, one of the guys um, who was, I, I guess, the, uh, one of the most recent Russian generals – to die under mysterious circumstances. This guy who died of a gas leak because I guess all the windows in the house were nailed shut. Yeah. Air Force guy. Yeah. Yeah, Had had complained about the, you know, Mm -hmm. people stealing essentially had complained about the corruption. So the question is, did he get killed by the people above him or by the people below him or by the guys lateral to him that were engaged in the theft for outing them? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, again, there's not a lot of lateral, so it has to be above or below mostly. Right. Uh, and it could be high. It could be also, by the way, it could be several stratas, more likely than not several strata above him, not below him. But right. they could be all the way up to like the Kremlin or to the GRU or to, you know, military command um, that, that, you know, he might have gotten scapegoated uh, as well. I mean, the, the air. The, the Russian Air Force has been abysmal during this war. It's been absolutely rubbish, May, in no small part right. because they're not they're not really sending their best um, uh, fifth generation fighters uh, are not here. Like I think there's a Sukhoi 24 or something, which actually there's some concern that maybe that might be starting to be used here. But their higher end uh, jets, the ones that they you know would really compete with a NATO level jet. They've sat on um, because uh, Ukraine's air defenses are actually pretty good, although we're having issues with that this week. Uh, fine here in Kiev, but in other cities. So, uh, you know, renewed calls for better air defense uh, coming right. from the Ukrainians. But the Russians haven't used their fifth generation and their high end stuff, I think, in no small part, because if this really does go beyond Ukraine's borders and keep in mind yeah. Yeah. A, a huge part of our, ta- our, our, our strategic, uh, uh, you know, direction here in Ukraine is to try, try to keep this contained within Ukraine. But if it does flood out to an open NATO Russia war, they're going to yeah. need every yeah. single one of those fifth generation fighters. So they they haven't heretofore been using them. And so there's a lot of complaint about the, the Russians not controlling uh, the airspace, the airspace. and right. um, this this guy might have gotten in the in the neck, even if he wasn't responsible for it. Whether or not he was scapegoated, chucked under a bus, or whether or not he was just the squeaky, you know, the squeaky wheel that got uh, you know a response, right? You know, in the form of getting knocked off. So yeah, a lot. Of, it's um, still a mess. It's still a massive mm-hmm. problem here. This this whole this whole war. It's so frustrating to see it be pushed away from the front pages because it's still so important and so vital and so much is happening here. And yeah, there was a, a leaked the new video. New object yeah. is Middle East. So um, it, it, there was yeah. a leaked, uh, like I guess, a Zoom meeting amongst these. And we got to take a break. Uh, we'll take questions right after that. So I want to remind everybody to get your questions to uh, Johnny Million, direct them to him in the chat room so we can get them to fill. Um, there was a leaked video, uh, sort of like these Zoom meetings between the military uh, that were gathering and somebody. I guess either filmed it with their phone or captured it off their screen and and released it of one of the military recruitment heads saying it's really hard to get replacement fighters because guys, quote, die in the trenches every day that there are 
that they can't recruit at a speed to replenish. And the most they can manage is uh, 15 people a week. And you've got as many as 36 of the guys from his district dying a day. A day. And there's talk of another third round of mobilization, which will be absolutely disastrous. So, yeah, but does, does he do that in line with the? I mean, you can't do that if you have the. You know, he's running for office again. You know, principally, uh, Putin is running to be president again, and that if there's anything that's going to have an effect on him, right? It's uh, on his reelection chances. It would be another mobilization if it, if the, if it's a real election at all. I mean, I'm kidding myself about that. I guess obviously, yeah. yeah, I get yeah. To, your point is taken, but it's not going to be done through the ballot, right? You know, there there is no legitimate ballot in Russia. That's yeah. kind of the yeah. point. It's kind of the point. That's why the Ukrainians are fighting as hard as they have. They've had how many different governments and how many different prime ministers and presidents right. since 1991? Right. How many has Russia had? Two. To, yeah, <laughs> Yel- Yeltsin right. and Putin. Yeah, it's the it's the Saddam Hussein rule uh, idea or whatever, and and it's not going to change until their no. functioning system of government changes. It's just not. So and 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 there's no no there's no impetus for anybody around them to actually make it happen. Why would you give up that power, especially when now they're going to come for your head? Because you've got the International Criminal Court and your own people who are like, okay, the minute I see blood in the water, these guys are done. It's a yep. it's a scary notion. That's why you can't you know it, it entrenches them even more, right? Mm-hmm. And so, that's why Putin's not in Moscow right now. You know he's retreated right. to one of his dotches. So is it you know, is it so ch- changes are coming? Uh, we yeah, don't know yet, but ch- changes are coming for Russia when they lose this war. The only question is, will it be a palace coup or a street uprising? And that'll determine how bloody it is. So, but it right. changes coming. Changes coming for Russia, for sure. Agreed. We'll be back right after this with uh, uh, questions from the chat room for Philip uh, via Johnny Million. I'm Hal Sparks. It's the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. One of the organizing principles of NATO is that uh, everybody kind of carries equal weight. And in the United States, helping Ukraine over the last little bit, we've been carrying, you know, more than our tech quote unquote fair share in that regard. And it's because we have more than anyone else. We have six times the military of all the European nations combined. So it's not surprising that we would give more and have more military physical aid to give. However, in, in light of delays caused by right wingers that are trying to slow our support for Ukraine or end it entirely, which they won't be able to do, but they will be able to drag some stuff out. um, The Europeans have, have indeed, uh, you know, it's kind of stepped up. Netherlands saying that they're going to uh, donate uh, $2 billion to Ukraine in 2024 um, in their January budget that, that they just released. Um, uh, the other NATO countries are offering their support and pushing that in as well. Um, the United States with our Lend-Lease program, while it's not overt, like, Financial assistance is that our stuff is still flowing in. All the stuff that's been okayed is still in the process of coming and and reaching the front lines and the like. Um, you know, the munitions are going to be the biggest one. You know, uh, 
ammunition for the cannons, ammunition for the artillery, ammunition for the HIMARS, that kind of stuff. But they, we can also get them from other NATO nations, and that is also what's happening. So um, just the, the current feel about I, – I know there's a little bit of – you know, there's this feeling that everybody's focused on uh, Israel and, and Gaza right now, and they certainly are. But that, you know, there's still support coming and and the same people still support Ukraine in the United States and the same people are pushing against it are still there. Uh, Maybe they're using some of the quiet to get away with that support. But ultimately, it's it's not going to change anything. The U.S. and and our allies are, you know, are there for Ukraine for the right out of this. And Biden has said it repeatedly. And he's got a multitude of uh, arrows in his quiver, as it were. To, to back these things. David Cameron met with uh, Zelensky this week. Yeah. Um, that David was a big Cameron deal. Back, back on the world stage. Look at that. Yeah. Very strange. And interestingly enough, the, you know, the, uh, you know, considering, considering Rishi Sunak put David Cameron back in. And that's one of the people were thinking this is more like a hawkish position, but in support of Ukraine. So curiously mm-hmm. enough, you know, the, the you know, it, it, I don't know if it's Schadenfreude, uh, the, that we should feel about some of the people who, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I can't gauge the Brits and who their leadership is these days. Cause it's such a mess. Yeah. It is um, a mess. yeah but ultimately it's, you know, it seems like a change of heart and, and they're, they're solidifying their support of Ukraine as well in this process. And the Germans and the Germans are stepping up um, with more uh, actual munitions, Right. Uh, you know, they still need to kind of give their better technological systems, um, mm-hmm. but they're they're providing more ammo. So that's good. Uh, right. Yeah, the Europeans are definitely stepping up. I don't think it's because they see a weakness or a lack in the United States. I just think that they that the, the, it there is a recognition that, um, you know, this is on their doorstep. And uh, yep. what happens in Ukraine is going to whatever happens in Ukraine right. is right. going mm-hmm. to change the course of history in Europe. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know how you do, I don't know how you don't push back against what Russia is doing in Ukraine when everybody on their TV sets in, in Russia and everybody in the Kremlin that gets a mic in front of them is saying, yeah, Poland and Berlin are next. And yeah. Paris, if they don't watch out, and the UK, we could destroy it with two missiles in a weekend. You know, if they're talking about your country like that, and they've got the means to do it, in theory, in theory, um, then you take it seriously. It's one thing when people are like screaming "death to America" in the streets of Iran or something like that, where you're like, "Okay, kiddo," uh, to some degree, like you have to take terrorism seriously. But the idea that they're going to launch a nuclear attack against the United States is slim to none. Um, Whereas Russia- well, it also, and it also for the for the Russians, um, so you know, people talk about you know when you see the uh, Islamicists mm-hmm. on the streets in the Middle East or in the Ummah, uh, which is just yeah. the word for the Muslim world, screaming death to America. In many ways, it's a symbolic kind of thing. Right. In many right. ways, when the Russians talk about you know onward to Berlin, they're yeah. eliciting they're eliciting their World War Two history which is almost to the point of a religion as opposed to history for them because right. they're so deeply entwined with the second world war and their image of self is so deeply entwined with the second world war that the idea of like we're going to push onward to berlin and you know we're going to we're going to finish i mean it's it's rhetoric yeah i guess it's not it realistic. Does, but but, I, but it's I meant agree to, it's not realistic it's meant to it's meant to it's meant to get them into a froth 
It's you can do what your grandfather did. You can go and fight the Westerners like your grandfather did, because we all know Westerners are all fascists. Is kind of the subject. Yeah, but that that doesn't make me feel any better about that. No, uh, nor should it. If I'm a Berlin, yeah. If I'm a citizen of Berlin, if I'm a citizen of Warsaw, they're right there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's grab some questions, by the way, before I start on another ramble. Uh, Johnny Million, what do we got first? Yeah, so my first question here is from Mr. Stoner to Dude. Uh, can Philip comment on the raid by Ukraine that killed Russians while they were sleeping? Any details? Well, I'm okay. Well, <laughs> that's happened more than once, so right. I don't know exactly which one exactly what you're referring to. You might be referring to the raid on Crimea, um, which they did in the middle of the night. Um, they and and landed, went into Crimea, did an incursion, killed a bunch of Russian like leadership, like officer corps guys, and then got to, and, and and one of the one of those raids because they've done that actually a couple of times. One of them involved you know jet skis and stuff, which is what yeah. a, a lot of people have fixated on because it's really kind of bizarre. Yeah, but you know the the, the Ukrainians do this all the time because yeah. for, for a variety of reasons. Not least of which is we've given them a boatload of night vision goggles. And, and night vision goggles are a not, not a, um, ubiquitous piece of kit given to every Russian soldier. Every American soldier. So mm-hmm. the best, I mean, like certainly during the invasion of Iraq, which I was a, a, an embedded journalist for, every single American soldier had night vision goggles. I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that's for every single exercise that they go on every single time, every single day, but they're mm-hmm. far more prolific than they are on the other side of the equation. And by giving it to the Ukrainians and giving them this capacity, it means they can fight in the middle of the night. So they can do these nighttime raids behind Russian lines with the night vision goggles that we give them and really mess up some stuff. And that's what they've been doing. Throughout the war, so I don't know what specific raid you're referring to, but it's yeah. almost commonplace yeah. that this is happening in the nighttime. And when one of the things that's really de- degraded Russian morale because they can never rest, they always know that Ukrainians right. in, at three in the morning could come and get them, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, there was a. Um, um, and by the way, on the on a on a side note, um, there was a a story, you know, uh, kind of in line with what I was saying about the APEC meeting this week. Um, there was a uh, like a political commentator who's uh, been I would argue been right about most things in the in the course of this, much like ourselves, like read it out fairly well. And he, he pointed out the fact that Ru- Russia has not made a comment about the U.S. China meeting and Xi Jinping and Biden meeting at all, stating that mm-hmm. this is and I quote uh, he goes at the same time, the Russians took water into their mouths, which is a like a drowning reference, but a weird kind of analogy. He goes, I have not seen a single comment from Russia. There is real panic in the Kremlin. And additionally, he said, such things are not prescribed by chance. Perhaps this is a great preparation for the creation of an interstate cooperation agreement. I will not now say that in the future, China and the United States will become friendly countries. However, at this stage, pragmatism is winning. That <laughs> she having to come had in hand to China to to the U.S. and meet with mm-hmm. Biden and Biden going, look, calm down, stop doing all this 
flailing in, you know, supporting Russia and and flying your planes close to ours and simmer down for a second. And we'll talk about some sort of bridges we can build, but not until then, because why would we? And they went, yeah, that's a good point. We wouldn't either. And and that's freaking Russia out. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I have no doubt. Yeah. Good. So, uh, let's, gra- good. let's grab another question, Johnny. Yeah, we got one from DC2257. Does Russia have resources in Africa that can be used against Ukraine? I mean, used against oh. Ukraine? Uh, you know, they, 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 uh, they have taken over some like gemstone mines and things like that. So it, it provides them with, um, res- financial resources. But in terms of like, um, military hardware or anything that would help them in the actual war effort on the front lines, I mean, there's nothing in Africa that Russia doesn't have itself. I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it is sadly the history of the African continent that they're mostly client states. So they get their weapons right. from, from other sources. So it's unlikely that there's some sort of massive stockpile of artillery shells that the Russians. No, nah, they started pulling back some of their guns. Remember that yeah, some of their, the not, idea was, yeah. But I, here's yeah. what I would say. This is this is what's really there, and I'm showing it for those listening on the radio. I'm showing an article from CNN, so from a while back. This is uh, from July of last year, um, from Khartoum in Sudan. Um, Russia is plundering gold from mm. from Sudan, and by the way, the civil war that's happening there, and and Darfur is a is a province of uh, Sudan. All that bloodshed, all that stuff, is predicated on this, you know, in part of this theft of gold out of this region by what were formerly Wagnerites. That's who was doing it initially in 2022. That's what they were doing. That's why Prigozhin, you know, they thought he was in Africa. Where did he head back? To help, you know, keep the gold flow coming where they would take this gold, truck it out to Chad, and then fly it to Russia to back, you know, to to offer like foundational support for the ruble. That stopped. Mm -hmm. Prigozhin was their key in there, but now they're back down there, you know, back at this. The problem is it's too chaotic even for some of their soldiers. And because it's no longer Wagner Mercs who are, you know, can dress in civilian gear or whatever the heck they want to versus Russian soldiers or people in uniform. And they can't tell each other apart from the other plunderers that are in the area. They they get killed. So the right. gold is the main thing. That is, um, that is, you know... The, the big – I think that's the biggest thing they're getting out of Africa right now um, yeah. is the is the gold from this area while this death and destruction yeah. is going on around them. And it's, a way, and it's a way for them to circumvent the sanctions. It's a way yeah. for them to un- undermine – um, you know, uh, Western, you know, allied, uh, groups in Africa. Uh, it's, you know, the Russians talk a good game again about anti-colonialism in Africa, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they look at, at Africa as a client state just as much as the West does. Yep. And as, and as a, as a, as a pawn, forget about the people, forget about the societies, forget about everything. It is a pawn and a tool to be used in a greater game on the global stage. They don't care about Africa. They, and, and they're, and they're really having lived in Russia. I mean, their racism towards, um, people of African descent or Africans, um, is atrocious. It's, it's awful. So yeah. they don't care yeah. about Africa. 
But they'll you know, take what they can uh, get from it. They'll rip. They'll steal from it and help to, in their war effort for sure. Right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Uh, uh, again, uh, Wagner is seizing entire villages and has continued to in this process, and nobody pays attention to it. The death toll in these areas outpaces anything combining both sides of Israel and Palestine over a decade, and yet the world turns a blind eye. It's very curious. We'll be back. I am happy, you are happy, let us be happy together, whether the weather is cloudy or sunny. I will always be a funny honey bunny. I am lucky, you are lucky, let us get lucky together, whether the weather is cloudy or breezy. I'll be there to say, hey, come on, let's take it easy. Because isn't it nice to have the friends that you do? And isn't it nice that the sky is so blue? And isn't it nice to say I love you, chugga chugga choo choo, woo I am smiling, you are smiling, let us smile together, whether the weather is cloudy or stormy, I will still be there in the morning, I'll be right by your side in the morning, I'll make you breakfast in the morning, I hope that you like cereal. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> right. so, uh, uh, Phil's holding up some sort of... There's, uh, well, it's a little, for those who are watching on the stream or those who are curious, come back and watch it on the stream later, uh, a, a festival kind of, uh, you know, winter festival figure, uh, mm-hmm. given that we are now, you know, getting into the holiday season, traditional Ukrainian with the little star and all the rest Aww. of it. And the, and the weird rap face, which is the thing of nightmares. Yeah, because it's um, well, no, it's because without a face, and this is interesting, little girls can tell their secrets, and um, they won't see or hear it, so they can't repeat it. They can't. There's no way okay. of, of the doll expressing outward. It's it it so that little secrets can be told. Mm. Oh, I see. All right, I, I you know I, I see that you know confession's good for the soul. And yeah, yeah. paranoia ruins confession so tell, every time. Yeah, but don't tell don't tell the neighbors. So yeah. here, tell your doll. Don't don't right. don't don't you know don't don't t- tell what happens in the house. Don't tell the house secrets. Tell the doll. Don't tell the neighbors. It's like the, it's like the weeping Buddha, which is one of my favorite Buddha statues. If you don't, if you've never seen it, he's bent over like in a ball with his head like kind of between his knees. He's sitting Indian style, like cross-legged with his head down like that, with his hands over it. And the idea is that he's just wrapped with sorrow. So it's a, it's shaped like a ball. It's got and often they're carved out of a, a sphere. And, mm-hmm. um, and the idea is that it, if you're brokenhearted, sorrowful, going through grief or whatever, you can hold this thing and kind of put your grief into it as a, as a way of meditatively getting rid of it. It's a, it's a beautiful sentiment. It's funny how- it's funny how our, we human beings find ways to like it looks yeah. like it's just a symbol or it looks like it's just a kind of cultural kind of you know artifact, but actually in effect, in effect it's really smart psychology and it's yes it's, it is absolutely you know, and human beings yeah. are smart. That's right. And uh, and you can I mean, the same awful that created uh, things like the the hook cross that uh, the Nazis used. Um, I, I'm trying not to call it the swastika these days simply because that's the Indian name for it. And it seems kind of rude. That Fair enough. They've, they've abducted. They don't get too appropriate. Kind of yeah, it is the hook right. cross, right? Um, that, 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 the same that, thing that, that created Charlie that. Chaplin's mustache. How that's it? right. I want it back. As a comedian, I would like to see that come back one day. It's going to be a long time, long time. Um, I will say in our good news 
um, uh, part of this, uh, the Estonian prime minister, Kaja Kalas, had talked to Christiane oh. Amanpour. And Big fan. She's, Big fan. Yeah. Strong woman. Very smart. Great world leader. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to see her running the U.N. one day. Uh, I'm just saying. Um, but she is she is saying the tipping point for Ukraine's victory is not far if we stick together. She's recognizing the the limits on Russia's uh, power in this situation. It's pretty fantastic. So um, and, and along those lines, although it's not my happy ending, um, yes. but along those lines, uh, Svetlana Sikhanovskaya, who is the uh, who is the exiled real leader of the country of Belarus, which is, mm-hmm. is, is a small but very strategically important little country. She has also said. Um, no free uh, Ukraine without a free Belarus and no free Belarus without a free Ukraine. These are wow. women are taking the lead in Europe, and I'm really yeah. happy to yeah. see it. Strong yeah, women, fantastic yeah. leaders, and I'm, Absolutely. All, I'm here for it. I mean, we've seen I'm the leader ending, of- however. My happy yes. ending, just quickly, is we are winning more and more territory on the left side of the bank of the Dnieper yep. River. This is a huge story. And it is getting bigger and bigger, and it is a foothold um, mm-hmm. towards bigger and greater uh, things and taking more territory uh, back from the Russians. That's my happy ending, um, yeah. And, yeah. and I want to see more of it. So, that, Yes, I agreed. Um, I, would, I would say that um, one of the things that is sort of positive is, is that the um, – in, in sort of a backhanded way is – that I think when you put a lot of attention on a slow moving effort like the advance in the East, it can seem like nothing's happening. But if you click away from it and then you click back and they've seized the other side of the river and they're actually moving and then you click away and you click back and they've sliced off a chunk of the country, that in many ways makes people, I think, think the progress is faster than if it had happened in real time right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. one of those like kind of stop motion feelings where it's like you you know you get an apple or something and you put a bunch of worm meals in it if you speed it up but if you actually sit there and watch it it's like watching paint dry you know it doesn't happen yeah. so but if you if you look at it in the you know cross in the in the through the, the 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 passing of time um a lot is happening uh in very important ways so right i'm still yeah. optimistic i'm, I'm, I'm more than optimistic i know where i know where this is going inevitably so. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so let's uh, um, let's grab a couple more questions. Uh, sure. We, we're sure we're going to run yeah. out of time before we do seven it. Seven minutes. Yeah. I've got a question yeah. from Nick Rich. Yeah. Uh, Phil says he plans to remain in Ukraine after the war. Can he or would he run for office? <laughs> well, no, I, I said I'm staying here until the end of the war. Um, uh, I'll probably Ukraine will always be in my life and I will come and go from it. I don't think I'm going to live here after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, would I run for office? Uh, Ukrainian office? I mean, it's not it's happened before. Um, the minister of health, uh, a woman by the name of Ulana Supran. Uh, she uh, of Ukrainian descent, but it was an American. Never stepped foot here, to my knowledge, before 1991. She eventually did run for and become the Minister of Health. So you know, it's possible I could do it. I don't know what what office. Uh, we'll take a poll. What office should I run for? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Grand Puba. Uh, I yeah. yeah Grand, I'm down for being Grand Puba. I See, I think I Grand also Puba. think I also think uh, you you'd fit right in to just go to Michigan, be a mayor. And enjoy yourself a little bit. A small town mayor—that's a good—that's a good game. Just be mayor of Michigan. Policies. 
sensible policies for a sensible Sayersville or whatever. There you go. Yeah, Saginaw. Right. We hardly yeah, that's knew right. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's grab another one, Johnny, if we can. Yeah, I've got one from Sultan Greece. Uh, can Phil talk about the removal of Soviet statues in Ukraine? Yes, I can. That is an increasingly um, – that's, that's happening a lot, it, it, increasingly occurring uh, thing. Um, and it has been for quite some time, as a matter of fact. Uh, the one that pops to mind right now is that there was a Soviet monument to – this is a sad story, unfortunately, for the happy ending, but nevertheless, it's true. So there was a, there was a Soviet uh, memorial park to the – uh, adjacent to the the main cemetery in Lviv, and they have ripped that down, and they are now sadly making it into more graves. But they needed the territory, so they got rid of the Soviet thing. Made the made the Russians furious. There's a whole park here where they used to commemorate what's called hero cities within the Soviet Union. Ukraine has taken down all of the ones that were Russian and replaced them with Ukrainian cities. But this goes further back than just Soviet identity. This goes back into colonial and imperial Russia. Um, uh, the great poet laureate of Russia, uh, Pushkin, many of Pushkin's uh, statues and streets that are named after Pushkin are being replaced. Even down in Odessa, the founder of Odessa, Catherine the Great, her statue has been taken down. So this isn't just Soviet identity. This is identity of Russia as a colonial master of Ukraine that they are trying to get rid of. So great question happening all over the place. Go check out my vlog from Odessa, the latest one I did where I talk about pulling down that statue. There's a lot of parallels between that and sort of the, the, uh, the Confederacy statues in the United States coming down Indeed. And, this, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the illusion that everybody who supports those statues saying that, well, these are first, but next you watch all statues are going to come down because uh, of some anti uh, graven image thing that supposedly they're the other side. has. Oh, yeah, no, the Russians are furious. Yeah, yeah, the Russians are furious. And the Ukrainian answer is we are not part of your empire anymore right and we not not only are we we're not going to forget our history but we're not going to commemorate it or 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 make it we're not going to admire it because in our from our perspective we were oppressed and colonized by you and we, we're not going to celebrate that so that's their perspective on things and you're right there is a there is a connection there with the confederacy there's also a connection to you know many european powers uh that had empire mm-hmm. Have, have revisited taking down some of the statues of their imperial, like the, the Rhodes. There's a guy by, in Britain by the name of D- Douglas Rhodes, I want to say was his first name, right. who created Rhodesia, now, which is now called Zimbabwe. He was a vile um, uh, uh, conqueror of African lands. And the Brits have looked back and said, you know what, this is not a guy we need to be putting up on a planet. Right. So we're not going <laughs> to yeah, forget yeah. that it happened, but we're going to take him down. There you go. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, we're getting near the end, but I want to remind everybody to check out uh, Philip Bittner's uh, vlogs from Ukraine um, on the regular. And, of course, follow Johnny Million on Twitch and YouTube and also uh, me as well. Uh, why not? I'll just throw it in there. Yeah. Like, subscribe, support the show. Uh, Venmo. And then, of course, Patreon.com slash Hal Sparks. Now, um, the, uh, I guess let's grab one final question. we got about a minute yeah, before we get one, pulled yeah. out, Johnny. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, Mountain Lady asks, what keeps pulling you back to the Ukraine? Is it professional or private? Both. Both. This is hugely historically important, probably the most important war I've ever covered in my life, and I am a journalist by vocation. So, 
both. And I love this country. Great place. Come visit after the war. You'll love it. Yep. That uh, On that note, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're on Saturday mornings. Uh, yeah, gonna drop off. Gonna drop off. Eventually, we might be able to even take calls one day. Wouldn't that be lovely? Someday. We'll be back next week.